spoken to me. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed at that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you, though. It's not their fault. They don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steele. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Amazon. Spoken Label. Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, Spoken Label dot bandcamp.com. On the Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running plots for the podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Label. Hi guys, and again, Spoken Label. Back in the house and back on Zoom again today. And we're straight across the seas again today. And this one's come from a friend of mine that's just the session put up recently, Anna Jordan. And she gave me a list of people to contact afterwards. And what this young lady I'm speaking to today doesn't realise is she put her at the top of the list. She said, make <laughs> sure you speak to this lady. <laughs> I know, and you can hear the giggle in the background there. Joanne McCarthy was speaking today. Didn't, didn't know anything about that, Joanne, did you? So. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hence the loud guffaw in the background. <laughs> I know it's, it's surprising to me. Like a lot spoken like me is recommendations from people to people. And it's great when like someone says, "Oh, you make sure you speak to this person. You'll get on great with them." So here we go. So Joanne, seriously, George, introduce yourself, everybody. Tell me who you are. Obviously, where you originally come from, and what starts you off for your writing. Can we take it from there? Oh, thanks, Mel. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I'm from West Cork, from a tiny rural village, and. Um, I think I always loved to read, especially, um, and uh, started writing fast, beautiful teenage angsty stuff that, you know, surely someday I'll publish. I definitely always liked to write, and I definitely liked to read. And um, when I went to university, I met some great friends um, who um, 
we're all reading different things at the time, stuff that I hadn't any access to. Like I remember a, fr the, a friend of mine who gave me the Wasp Factory to read and like how that impacted me or Kerouac's on the road and like how that changed my life for you. You know, it really was formative for me, you know. So literature opened up a whole new world for me. And I, and I read for a lot, like a lot of reading until finally I started kind of writing. I was one of these people though, I always wrote poetry but I could write a poem and have it like um, on a piece of paper in the bottom of my makeup bag, or it could be like, you know, at the back of a folder of my notes, or like it could be anywhere random. You'd find it anywhere. And I had no care or attention for my work, you know, I could as easily create it as lose it. So there are a lost years of poems somewhere back there, but you know, maybe that's not a bad thing either. <laughs> but that's if you're living where you are now, then it's like keep finding poems or something, 10 years, whatever, or how many years later. I know it gets really fun because I know my mum and dad found an old book of mine from about a few years ago recently. And I moved out there ten year, over 10 years ago. And I had to go, when I was last down there, or time for last, I was fucking rooting for fucking, oh my good grief. I don't even remember writing some of this stuff. Yeah. And in most cases, yeah. deservedly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the same. <laughs> but uh, sometimes you read it and you go, what, what on earth was I thinking? What was happening in my life back then? I, I don't know, the, you know, I have no recollection, but... Yeah, so it clearly was very important at the time. Yeah, or it's probably yeah. that or wine was helping you out, probably, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, good old friend wine. Oh, exactly so, yeah. So then I moved to Waterford there about um, 14 years ago. Uh, no, maybe a little bit less. And um, I was um, writing a, a kind of in isolation, just writing for myself. And I went to an outreach poetry course that a man called Mark Roper, a poet from Waterford City, ran. And he was really... Um, you know, he was really great with me. He just said to me, you know, writing is very good and you need to you need to meet people and you need a community and look for one. You'll find one, you know, don't write in isolation. Uh, it was the best advice I ever got. Because yeah, as no. soon as I started looking, then I found people and then I had community and that, that made all the difference. I think it does because I bet there is a common myth with poets. We we're, we're very solitary creatures. I think a lot, a lot of writers I've chapter and spoken about this, that's not the case. Because like, they meet, yeah. meet, they'll meet a few people. And then one thing always leads to another. And it happened to me a lot when I first started writing. And I, I know, like, you're part of um, Anna Jordan's group, aren't you, over in Waterford? And that itself, that's I know right. Anna, is, yeah, is, is an experience itself. So that's why. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I'm a very, very social creature. Uh, I don't do well in isolation. So it would only stand to reason that my, um, that my writing would benefit from being around other people who are interested in the same things that I'm interested in. I started going to Spoken Word out in, in the coast of Waterford Coast in the county. And I remember going there with my own poetry, but they had a open, kind of a mixed open mic where you could read your own work or you could read somebody else's. And inevitably the person who would go on ahead of me would be like, you know, reading like Yeats or you know, something really amazing. <laughs> And then I'd come on with my own work and I'd be like, um, this is the oh, poem yeah. I wrote about the kitchen last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been to nights like that myself before now and it's intimidating. <laughs> That's yes. the best way of putting it. Oh, God. What, was, you know what? Yeah. what was that first experience like for you then when you first kind of went to these sort of live environments? Did you find yourself, were you really quite nervous over it? Did you, or you, you, picked, you picked it up pretty quick? Yeah. 
I think I, I think I, um, the first one or two nights I didn't read, I just listened. And then I realized that the people were very supportive. And when they saw you, they were like, hi, what's your name? What are you reading? Or when are you reading? And if you kind of said, no, oh, I'm not reading, I'm just listening. They, they were all really encouraging. They were all, you know, very much saying, oh, go, you must know, do read. And that encouragement was good. And, you know, I realized that the audience is very receptive. They were there because they wanted to be there and they all wanted the best for you. You know, they were supportive. It's it's not like you're going to stand up and read a poem and get heckled, you know. <laughs> I mean, at, oh. at worst, they're not going to like it, but like, you know, nothing worse is going to happen to you. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was good. It was good for me. And actually, um, I, I, I think that when I read my poems out loud, I get, I, I, it develops my poems because when I'm reading them, um, I, can, I can hear things that are, are chunky or that aren't working. And it's actually part of my editing process, I think. You need to read it out once or twice and then I can feel, oh yeah, that bit's not really working. You know, I need to change that. Um, I also had a bit of time where I wasn't really sure was it spoken word I wanted to do or page poetry and there is a difference. And oh, then yeah. I realized like, I wanted to do a bit of both, but I think uh, my strength is in page poetry. Um, like I do spoken word, but like some of the spoken word performers in um, Mad Words in Waterford are phenomenal and I wouldn't be putting myself in their league. But I think my, my, my strength is in the page poetry. I think that's, that's, but also that's, that's something, a craft that you have to master. So I've been, put, I've been putting a lot of work into it, but I also can see that, you know, it's one of those things that you could be working at for life. It's a real... Oh. Yeah, completely. I mean, once you start it, it never stops, and I agree with you on that one. So, I want to ask yeah. you a, a slightly different note as well. Now, I noticed you won a partial bursary, didn't you, for a creative writing award for oh, Waterford right. City and Counties Art Office, didn't you, back in that's 2019? Right. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, that's the Malikin uh, Creative Writing Award. So I submitted some work and um, they run um, a weekend down the Malikin House in West Waterford in, um, for, run, um, at the, it was facilitated by Lani O'Hanlon. She's a, a famous Irish poet, a great poet. And um, it was a weekend in this beautiful house where it's, which is just, it has a deep, deep history of writing within the house. Um, Malikin was a very famous Irish author. So it's in her memory. Her family have given the house, you know, they, they opened open the house up to writers so you can go for these writing retreats it's in beautiful Ardmore with the sea and it was wow. time it was gorgeous so there was workshops and there was beautiful lunches oh it was like these heaven it was like a writer wow. fantasy you know? <laughs> wow like yeah. wow I think you know too when you're doing a lot of that you don't want to go back home afterwards do you so you want to stay yeah. there forever oh yeah, yeah. completely <laughs> now it's I know fun. obviously um, you're, you've done some work reading haven't you I'm trying to find where I said it now Yes, on you read out some pieces of part of the 2019 Mod Words Festival, didn't you, with Anna? So yes, tell, us, tell, us that, tell us about that next one. Well, Anna runs um, a festival every summertime, and um, I normally try to escape Waterford in the summer to do a bit of travelling, but um, so sometimes I miss them. So um, last year I was away, I was in Canada, but I did some um, video poems for her, and she screened them um, as part of, she had a, a video poem section in Garter Lane, where she, so she puts on lots of things during that Mad Words Fest in the summertime. They do uh, short plays, um, spoken words, um, like that video and screenings. And uh, obviously this summer is going to be all online. 
So because I knew I wasn't going to be there, I made some videos to go with two poems of mine and I submitted them to her. So she screened them while I was away. So I was really grateful for that. And also it's a learning curve to learn how to create a video poem or how to put art with your words, you know. So I would say that I'm learning that. But I, I did enjoy the process. It was, it was, it was really interesting. Cool, cool. Now, obviously, like I said, I know you've had quite a bit of stuff published in various places, haven't you? So, so did you find and were you submitting before you started performing live, or did it all come round by hand in hand? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't submit. I didn't start submitting until about two or three years ago. It took me a lot of what, um, a long while to understand the business of poetry as well. I guess uh, to understand. Um, like I was buying poetry books and reading them or I, I am a big library user. So um, I was, I, I could read a lot, but um, I didn't really, I wasn't really into the literary journal world, you know, and I didn't really know much about that scene. And then I started subscribing to uh, the Singing Fly and the Moth and Poetry Ireland, which are big journals in Ireland. And um, I started reading more and then I realized that, you know, I should probably start submitting. So then I started looking online and then that, that one thing led to another and I started like getting published here and there in different journals. So I suppose that's how I got into the, to that. Oh, cool. Do you have any ideas where you'd like your creativity to go next then? So I know you've obviously got a couple of young children, so obviously time is limited some ways, isn't it? So. Yeah, well, the current project I have at the moment is myself and another guy in Waterford, Derek Flynn. He's um crime novelist um he and i are launching watford's newest or first we're not too sure uh literary journal and it's going to be launched in this october so we were open for submissions for the whole month of june and um we're hoping to launch in the autumn so that's very exciting we've had a huge council funding and we got sorry we got funding from creative waterford and we got um a huge amount of submissions i i write and read as well uh in the irish language so we we were open for submissions for irish language submissions as well and that went well and we were also open for um young writers within the city um so we we're hoping that there would be a nurturing element to the, to the journalism will be a creative platform for the many writing groups within the city and that it would represent the younger uh, you know new writers as well that it would have you know that cultivating kind of a spirit as well fantastic i was going to ask you about your writing in irish before because obviously you sent me some documents to read up on yourself i found um, an audio file of you reading in irish so tell me it was excellent it was excellent my irish is limited <laughs> <laughs> but um how does it compare writing with two different languages um so i i think it depends on what i want to say um i wasn't raised through irish so english is my mother tongue so that comes to me often first but I did um I'm very interested in Hiberno English and um I would say that my uh parental my father's side, my paternal side is um they would have very strong Irish and it, within their English speaking dialect there's quite a lot of Irish words and a lot of um Anglo um Irish use of, of the English language kind of I would say. They they and then when I, I did a degree in Irish and then I worked for a lot of summers down in Cape Clear, an island off the coast of Ireland, where I met great people and learned how to use Irish outside of an educational setting. And then I ended up getting a job where I speak Irish all day because I teach, I teach kids and I do through the medium of Irish. So I have like, even though it's not my mother tongue, I use Irish all day, every day. And it's quite like prevalent in my life. So certain 
poems come to me through Irish. You know, it's not like I have the initial thought in English and then I change it. It's just the, when I'm thinking about the poem or whatever the seed of the poem is, it will come to me in Irish. And then once I go to develop it, it's natural to follow that path, you know? Uh, yeah, so of course. Brilliant. Sounds brilliant stuff, that indeed. So, have you ever been tempted to actually start doing it then, doing, write, doing poetry, but like a translation, say in English and in Irish, we send stuff across sometimes, publishers? Yeah, I recently translated um, an, uh, a, an Irish author in Waterford, um, an Irish author in, um, from Kerry. She's working in ECC. I recently translated her poem for a competition, Avini Gervui, and uh, I really found it really interesting. It was the first one that I thought, you know, I'll just give it a go and see how I get on. And I actually really enjoyed the process. It was really, um, I kind of like crosswords and things like that. You know, I kind of like playing with words. And I found doing a translation, you know, there was the trying to get across the emotion and the, it, all the images and all that of the poems. But then the, you're kind of playing with words as well. I, re I liked it, actually. It was my first time doing one, so... I might give it more energy there sometimes. <laughs> I'm always a believer when you're doing stuff like you didn't get involved in creativity. You never know where it's going to lead sometimes. Because yeah. like, I've been writing all my life one way or another. And I when I got into podcasting like this, I never thought I'd be doing it four and a half years later and speaking to people from all over the world on it. You just don't know what you're going to get. You never know, yeah. do you, where it's going to lead. You might end up being a yeah. full-time translator in the future. Even. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, so not brilliant. Now, anyway, seriously, that's all my questions today, Joanne. So, what we're going to do is we're doing brilliant this now. Of course, I know you're going to do some pieces for us in part two. So, everybody, hang around. We might try and persuade to do a poem between Irish for us as well. But I'll <laughs> then we can see uh, the, the video side of it. You can't. She's looking at you. <laughs> so, seriously. Hang around, guys. We'll see you in one minute. Okay, take care. Thanks again, Joanne. Oh, Spoken. Oh, Hi, guys. Straight over to Joanne. She's going to do four poems for us today. Over to you, my friend. Thank you. Okay, the first poem I'm going to read is called No Carbon Footprint, and this is published with Boyne Berries, issue 28, in April 20. And uh, I guess it was it came out of lockdown, and um, I was probably personifying an ideal home or what it like from one, maybe. Uh, so this is called No Carbon Footprint. The total home takes my coat when I come in and hugs me, my mother's hug. I fall into a chair that adjusts to my bones. The blanket my nanny crocheted on my birth settles onto my skin and her shushing soothes me to sleep. Her geranium scent folds about me like a cloud. When I wake, the total home props me up, playing the music of my dreams. I sing, awake in dream space. The total home records everything. The total home sets me a platter of olives, sun-dried tomatoes and figs, Caesar salad, a glass of Pinot Grigio, the total home burns off all the calories. We travel, the total home and I, Malawi to the lake, Maine to the Kinnebec, Lethbridge to Alice. Twice we go to the moon. We leave no carbon footprint. We have parties. There is dancing, sex. I feel every inch of my skin. I taste all my emotions. The handmade cavity blocks of the total home are one with my pores. The total home dresses me. My mother's handmade jumpers. My cousin's hand-me-downs, warm gloves my aunt gifted me, Dirin's vintage coat, 
The total home talks me up and talks me down. It piles my anxiety into a pink box on the kitchen window. A vase of white carnations sits on top of it. The total home nudges me to the front door. Attic beams contract with every rush of cold air. I am bellyful with shoulders back and legs steady as gravity. Brilliant. Fantastic stuff on that one. That's something I think everybody should be able to relate to with the situation we're going through at the moment with lockdown, definitely. So we're really yeah. start. Yeah. Really, really positive. We had high expectations for our homes and our houses during lockdown and everything. Oh, right. blimey, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got a lot, I got a lot of stuff sorted out, but I wouldn't have done everyone why, so I know what you mean. <laughs> no, I thought that as well. I actually think I, I did a huge right of filing and sorting and, you know, things around my writing that I wouldn't, I don't know if I would ever have got to if I hadn't been for the lockdown. Oh, so, I know in my case, I had a, like a collection of about pushing DVDs and been given or bought over the years. Of films I was never yeah. going to get around to watching. So I've got it down to about 30 now, so I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's why, but we'll, we'll see if I get to the other 30. So we don't want a second lockdown, that's for sure. So <laughs> okay, anyway. Well, yeah. We're all good now. We've all, all the jobs we've done now. So <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. Yeah. Okay, John. Do you want to go on to poem number two? Yeah, thanks. My second poem is called um, Imbibed. And this is a short uh, spoken word piece that I did with Mod Words. Um, imbibed. I am the ghost of her Waterford breeding, the long weekend stretched out ahead of her, the year of her hand raiding the diddly to down drinks, laid out on the high stool, her heels on the floor, from a standing to a wobbling to a gallybandering to a haboo, to a ketchup oozed breakfast blah. I am her Sunday vest face at the back of mass, the unanswered texts at the bottom of her bag, the queue of voicemails she can't play in the crowded beer garden. I am her shade. Blimey, that's, a, that's a completely different to your first piece, that one. So, was that a hard I piece? Was that a harder piece to write, was it, within so much shorter? Yeah, and uh, I, I suppose because I'm not originally from Waterford, I'm really interested in the Waterford dialect and the Waterford words, and there's loads of words that I've picked up since I've been there, and because I have an ear for words, I like interesting or new words. I'm um, like a diddly is, a, is in Waterford, they say they, they'll do the diddly, it means that they're all collecting money, like you, you pay into something every week. Uh, like they'd have a diddly in the shoe centre where you pay in a tenner every week and then, you, you know, you'd have a certain amount of money at Christmas so you could buy, like, you know, a couple of yeah, yeah. shoes. Oh, yeah. So like, uh, there's loads. Yeah, so that poem um, is just, I put in a lot of the words that are Waterford words that I didn't know and that I liked and I wanted to use. So that was the original idea. And then it's also, it's talking about alcohol and, you know, people's relationship <laughs> with alcohol. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Straight into number three, then, when you're ready. Okay, so the next poem is in Irish. It's called Real Thorax, but I'm going to read the English translation first. So it's called Stargazing. Darkness blinds my eyes, and gravity claims my body in one sharp landing on this worn, sprung mattress. I pay circumstance no heed, tuning into the space above me, my moon, stars, galaxy, my universe, my loves. You are my bedfellows of choice. I lie wanton for you. Agus as gailan a is real tóirch ta ta'an. 
Kutin Darkatas Rarch Mahula, Skibon down Tarnt Machorp Lesh, Agasme, a titant Gutram or in Tot Bunchatasha. Tugum nav order in oit, Dirim or rain is funti, Machialach, Railty, Railtra, Machrina, a creha. Is Livsha a liam she's the gion, lawn in Kushat. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's, it, it, the tone of it is like, you know, when you turn the two poems, it's different sort of tone altogether when you do it in the Irish. Do you even get to hear that? It yeah, seems, it's way... It seems deeper, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, um, it's way stronger in Irish and uh, it, it resonates way better with me in Irish. Um, I don't know um, I don't know how that is. It's like the translation is quite literal. It's just telling you what's said in the page, but the run of the sounds in Irish is much better and... Uh, the rhythm is better in Irish as well. I think, you know, maybe the translation could be stronger because it's not bringing everything across from the Irish one, you know? Brilliant. No, I've really enjoyed hearing that. Thank you for that. Okay, I'm on to the big conclusion now, aren't we? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I'm going to finish on a sonnet uh, that I have here that I have currently published with the Ulsterman. I was delighted there and their current uh, edition for June 20 and um, it's quite the opposite of the first one which is about like the total home and the comfort of all this but this one is called Unhousing so it's a bit darker. Unhousing. When I knew the kitchen could not contain the two of us I took to slipping out to other tasks about our tiny house to bedclothes and laundry Time and again, I laced shoes to pound roads, lost in headphones, in Beckett plays, the poetry podcast, in Blind Boy and the Guilty Feminist, in Anne Sexton singing into my bones. When I knew for sure the kitchen could not contain the two of us, I left pink walls that were not pink. I left songs in concrete cavity blocks. I left the coffee pot brewing beans. I left the last cord of all my tether in the kitchen, in the heat. Fantastic. Brilliant. A great way for this session of that. So I love hearing sonnets. It's a, it's a form of done once, twice, but it's not, not something I can really master writing. I love hearing Fantastic. Thank you today, Joanne. An excellent Thanks session. So, so hang around. I need a quick word to you off mic. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure today. Thank you. Take care, Thanks guys and girls. Yes, that pleasure, definitely. Take care, guys, girls. Stay safe and stay sane. We'll see you all soon. Take care. Spock on there.